Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is our latest episode of Chat and Chill with Super Hill. And today I have an incredible guest, not only an alum, but he is currently the Windsor High School Band Director, Mr. Brandon Monroe, Be Smooth himself. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. I look forward to, you know, seeing where this conversation leads us. All right. Well, let's, let's get at it. I, I won't go hard right away, but I'm, I'm going to kind of ease you into things. Okay. My guest, Carrie uh, Canoni at Pequonic School, stressed how important representation is to black and brown students. Tell me about your experience as a young black male educator. Okay. As a young black male educator, you know, the kids don't see it often. You know, this is new for a lot of them, um, and it's new for myself. Even growing up in Windsor, I didn't have that. You know, I may have had two African-American teachers growing up, both female. Never seen a young man in this position before. So for me to come back and actually be what I didn't see is different in itself, not only for students, the community, the parents, but myself. I haven't seen it done before, so what I'm doing is I'm active, actively walking in that, being that representation for myself and students. And that's cool, because I know personally you have like the ultimate, right? You have two African-American educators in your house. So the fact that you get to see your mom and your dad, um, but I hear you, you didn't see it at school. Right. And uh, as a superintendent, I can tell you that is something I'm working on diligently. I want to see greater representation in our schools across all grades. Um, I know we're making progress, so and you're part of that progress, and I truly appreciate you being here. Absolutely, thank you. So uh, this is this is a music guy. What is Brandon Monroe listening to right now? So what, what's in your playlist, right? Right now, it depends on the day and it depends on the time of day. Uh, this morning, I had a little Jodeci playing on the way to work. Uh, might be a little Silk in the playlist, but Ooh. I might go home and put on some Taylor Swift. So you never know. It just depends. Country, R&B, gospel, rock. As a musician, I have to listen to it all in order to get those different perspectives. But um, I would say more often than not, it's that R&B playlist. Okay, y'all, y'all can't see him, but he a little young for some Silk. I don't know about that. Jodeci and Silk? I'm like, wait a minute, you try to get up in my playlist. All right. <laughs> so how have you reimagined the curriculum to further engage this current generation of students? It's a great question. I know you're doing some different things. Right. So coming in, you know, obviously in all the K-12 music across the district, uh, the state, and even the country, you know, you have your framework. You know, mm -hmm. kids got to be able to play notes, rhythms, articulate expression, dynamics, everything that encompasses a musician. How are we going to deliver that in a different way that also promotes creativity and allows them to express themselves not only in band and in music, but outside mm -hmm. in the real world? So what I'm doing in Windsor is I want to show them that there are different ways to be artistic in music. Okay. And I've already been to a number of shows, and I can see the flow, and, it, and it's different. Um, I actually can say that I see a little swag coming out in the kids in the band. Like, you got that smooth thing, you do your concerts, you know, the one hand in the pocket, black suit. I'm like, okay, look at him. But I see it uh, bleeding over to your students, and right, and that's, that's true leadership, and that's a true educator. So the students want to emulate you. So I'm, I'm expecting to see a lot. All right, let's, let's go back a little bit now. Tell me about the funniest memory you have from being a Windsor High School student, and you are alone. <laughs> 
the funniest. It's a PG show. <laughs> nah, I got you. All right, so let's let's go back. Um, one of the funniest memories I have is actually as a band student. It was a time where my band director, um, he took the time out of class. You know, you could tell that we've been playing for a long time, so he took a break to tell us a story. Um, and in this story, is a story about him growing up and some of the things he did um, with his high school friends who were also in band. Um, and I'm going to spare the details, but essentially, you know, they went out one night and, you know, they had some extracurricular activity with some eggs. And um, I'll remember that story, and, you know, probably to the day I die. But it was important to me, and it's something I held on to because it allowed us to see him in a different light outside of the uniform, the military uniform, outside of the band suit and, you know, everything else that we saw him as. And it allowed me to relate to him on a personal level. So I thought that was important. And that's something that I try to make sure I do with my kids today. Okay, so you got one of them one time at band camp stories. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. How has attending an HBCU shaped your identity and your music style? And please share which HBCU you attended. Absolutely. I'm a proud alumnus of Hampton, excuse me, the Hampton the University, Hampton. the real HU in Hampton, Virginia. Um, while my, I was at Hampton, I was in the band all four years. Uh, my first year, I was just, you know, in the low-level ranks. But my second year, I was a section leader. And my third and fourth year at Hampton, I was a drum major. Uh, at Hampton, I actually learned a lot about myself and what I could manage as far as, you know, what I was willing to do to push myself to reach an ultimate goal. When I went to Hampton, my freshman year, first day at band camp, I was ready to quit that night. That night. I didn't realize it was going to be a lot of work and just like the movie Drumline. When I say just like the movie, just like the movie. So I learned a lot about intestinal fortitude. You know, that's something that we go through, but they don't necessarily teach. You don't know you have it until you go through something. So I learned how to push through adversity in order to actually achieve the end goal, which was the degree. You know, I knew I had mm -hmm. to be in the band. I had to fulfill a certain amount of requirements in order to get that degree. And um, band just really let me know about myself and what I could take and then go beyond those expectations and that level um, of containment that I put on myself. So being at HBCU really allowed me to see other people who look like me who were going through the same adversity but still excelling. So I had no excuse not to. Okay. And so I think those are some of the outside, right? right. We see the bands at any school. Um, but particularly HBCUs, because that's why I want to stay focused on that. The sound is different, right? And Absolutely. It's, I'll dare say it's funky, right? And and that's not just Dr. Hill. That's any commentator, right? Saturday morning, you watch any of the football, college football commentators, white, black. They, they're all going to say the same thing. They're like, there is nothing like an HBCU band. So when you say it was challenging, you wanted to quit the first day. You know, knowing what I know of you, I would never have imagined that, right? Right. Um, and we also think, being on the outside, that band is, okay, kids learn how to play this instrument when they were in, you know, middle school, high school. So you're just going off to college because you can play an instrument. Mm -hmm. So how hard is it, right? You're playing the same instrument. Right. What's, what's difficult about that? So what were some of the difficulties that you can share? Absolutely. So right off the bat, one of the biggest challenges was memorizing the music. On day one, here's your packet. We're playing this the first week, first game. Have it memorized. Whoa. We didn't have to do that in high school. You know, coming out of senior year, right into college, they expect you to get on board. So that was challenge number one. Challenge number two was a scheduling. We practiced as much, if not more, than the football team. 
We had the 5 a.m. practices. Five, wait a minute. 5 a.m. Like, five, like after four? Bef- right after four, before, before six. six? Absolutely, 5 a.m. So we were out there on the field. We called it Africa. We would go to Africa in the morning, <laughs> stand at attention for about Toto. 30 minutes, <laughs> wait till everybody got there, and then we would go through our morning sequence. Band camp was from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. At 10.01, you better be in your bed. Lights out, because you got to get up at 4.30 to be there at 5. So that was that freshman band camp experience. And you got used to it over time, but coming from high school where band camp was optional or you didn't have to do that to getting up at 5 a.m. or being on the field at 5 a.m., big challenge. Um, Outside of that, it was just a a lot of adjustments you had to make. Again, you learn how to play music in high school at this level, right. but you don't learn about the funk until right. you attend the HBCU. The key word freshman year was groove it. Groove, groove it. it? What you mean groove it? Well, you know the song Groove Me by Guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was one of the songs that I had to play my, my freshman year. So when they say groove it, that's what they mean. They want people dancing. People not dancing, y'all not doing your job. That's, uh, that's that... I'm just gonna say it, that's that black collar sound right there, right? If you're not moving, like you hear marching bands and when people think of it in general, right? The PWIs are predominantly white institutions, you know, it's it's precision. Right. Right. Uh, my alma mater, UMass Amherst, I know they, they've been a recognized band and like they can get down, mm-hmm. right? But it is not that HBCU sound. Like they'll Absolutely. be crisp in their movement and formations and but and you appreciate the hard work. But to do the same hard work as you just spoke to and make people dance, right? And I know I lived in Hampton, one mile from uh, Hampton University. Yep. So I had four glorious years of enjoying football games, basketball games, um, and I never knew what a homecoming was until I went to an HBCU homecoming. Absolutely. Uh, in full honesty, I don't know where my daughter's gonna apply to college, but uh, yeah, I, I won't be upset if there's a, a, a Hampton University application in there. And I also have personal family connections that work for the university, but I just I would love an excuse to have to go check on my child. Absolutely, you know, in you October know, down there, <laughs> halftime is game time, right? The band is where it's at. Yeah, the band is where it's at. And leaving a high school program, no matter where you went, you don't understand music's full reach until you've gone to an HBCU football game and listened to the band. People don't leave the stands at halftime to get snacks. Oh, they no. do that before. Yes, they do that before so they can watch the band. I watch people, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, as, a, as a witness and a person growing up in New England, when I first moved to Virginia in 92, you know, I'm thinking, oh, halftime, we get a people like, where you going? The band's about to play. And I'm like, okay. I'm going, they're like, no, you don't want to miss this. So I didn't truly understand it that right. first game, but I learned, even the high school games, I was a high school teacher, the high school games were, mm-mm, you don't leave the stands. You go get your food at the end of the first quarter, Right, and then you sit there, or you're like, I ain't gonna eat until this, after the second half kicks off. That's I it. can miss the first few minutes of the game, but right. and it doesn't matter the records of the school. Like no one cared except the players, right? But the sound is the sound, and I, I love it. So, speaking to that, I brought you here to Windsor Public Schools because I want that. One, you're an alum, you know, someone I really respect and love, but I want that sound here. And Absolutely. I always use the movie term, one band, one sound. I want that, we say groovy, I want that funk, I want all of it. I hear it, it's been two years, people are talking about it, so you, your band has buzz already. So tell me, what's your vision for Windsor High School Band? 
Absolutely. The vision for the Windsor High School Band is to continue to enhance the musicianship through collaboration, but with a twist, if you will, with some swag, with some seasoning. Um, one of the things that I've learned in my few years of teaching is that you can't just drop the hammer when you try to develop a program. You know, we have to kind of sprinkle in some things as we go. So that buzz um, that you're talking about has been the work of the students who have come in, who have listened and trusted my um, decision-making skills to take them from where they are to where they're trying to go, but also show them what they could be. We still do the classical, we still do the jazz, mm -hmm. but my experience is in that marching band. And we don't just do it from August to October to end the football season. They get it all year. So from last year to this year, you know, kids are asking, when can we go back and play? Can we can we go to another school and play with their drum line? Can we do a collaboration? I said, oh, slow down. So now they're catching up yeah. to what we're trying to do. Um, we've got about 30, six 38 kids in the program right now we want to double that number we want to get to at least 80 kids in the next two years and we can do that because we have the students um the talented students in this district we just need to get them on board by putting the band right in their face so i i heard you guys at um, a basketball game a couple weeks ago and i was a little annoyed not with y'all but with the referee yes <laughs> because the referee and i know it's the rules mm -hmm. so people listen be like that's the rules i don't care i want to hear the band the referee was like, that band can't play during live action. I'm like, look, people can hear the plays, right? Because I, I did go over to the referee like, is that a rule or is that you? Right. And he's like, that, that's a rule. And I'm like, okay, we're going to follow the rules. But otherwise, we would have been playing the whole time. Because you know I'm it. watching people. Mm -hmm. right? I even watched the guests. So we, that game we were playing um, East Catholic. Yep. And so, and I'm, I'm standing by their student section Y'all started playing now. Of course, they're the rival, right? But right. nah, they was jamming with that music. And I said, y'all feeling that? Y'all ain't got that beat. Y'all ain't got. I, and I love being able to say it to people. Right. Um, during football season, even if I'm not at a game, right? I have people who text me, and they'd be like, "Yo, you're a band. You're a band." I'm like, "That's what Mr. Monroe's doing his job." And so, we get to 80. You say 80. I say 100. You know, potato, potato. I want a lot of kids. I, I want, want that band. That I don't care if we have to get a whole new section of bleachers. Just for the band, we'll buy it so that people can come and have that full experience. I am all about academics first, right? We're going to knock out the academics. Right. But I want to win at everything. Absolutely. So on the fields, on the court, and in the stands with the band. Like when the band plays, I want people to recognize that Windsor Public Schools, their band is something totally different. Right. And, and I hope that these students and these families are listening to this podcast once it gets released, right? Because I tell them the work that y'all are doing here day in day out you might not see the fruits of the labor just yet but you keep working you're going to start to see some things change the reason why we got these new instruments these new drums is because you guys are putting in the work when mm -hmm. we do the little performances when we go to clover and we go to sage park this is what you have to do to get to where we're trying to go you so, have the support i i love that right and and they're going to listen to this when you i know you've also implemented um I call it, uh, you know, recruiting missions. Right. Going down to the middle school and to the elementary schools. So, talk some more to our audience. They may not really understand that. Parents who have kids in elementary school, tell them why you do it and you know, your purpose. Absolutely. So we want a large program, but not just to say, you know, we have kids in band. It's because of the opportunities that music can award students and families. College is not cheap. Music is a tool and a resource that you can add to your belt to help mitigate those costs. And it could leverage you into some other opportunities down the line. Even when I talk to my kids, my seniors, my juniors, who are looking at college and say, hey, 
don't stop playing that instrument because you can go be an engineer, you can be a biology major, you can be a, on a pre-law track, whatever you want to do, and still be in the band, and they'll still give you some scholarship money because you know how to play an instrument. So the aim and the mission in going to those lower level schools is to show them that, hey, this is an opportunity, this is something that you could be a part of, even if you're not right now, that's okay. I've actually taken on uh, a few students this year who have never played before, and they're doing quite well, right? Don't let anybody tell you that you can't start something new because you haven't done it. So you guys can't see my big smile because Dr. Hills always wanted to play the alto sax. I actually bought one a year ago, and it's pretty and shiny <laughs> and sitting in a case in my house. Um, I want to play the alto sax, so I got to take uh, Miss Monroe's words and start getting some lessons because I want to play that instrument. And I've, I'm a true educator. I don't believe that you ever stop learning and things that you want to do, you may have had to put it aside for a while. Um, I was taking lessons for the sax, I would say at this point, 20, almost 25 years ago. And things in life happened and I had to stop. Right. So, but I, I never gave up on my goal of I want to learn how to play that instrument. And so I'm going to learn how to play it and I want to get down. One day I got a dream and I'm going to tell Miss Moreau now. My dream is to jump into the band one time with the students. Like They would love that. We would that, love that. I, and I would love it. But I got to have my game on because them students is pretty fly right now. And I don't want to get up there and look crazy and be somebody's uh, instant TikTok. Like, <laughs> no, look at our superintendent. Yo, he's whack. <laughs> so can't be whack. I want to have the funk and the groovy. Absolutely. So I got to get my lessons in. So, all right. So you have, um, so what about that, that drum line? Let's just talk a little bit. I've been listening to the drum line and they are getting down. They are. They are. They're they are. working. Do, do the kids understand the importance of the drum line culturally and, and you know, however? They, they understand the importance of the rhythm section. How they, don't, they haven't gotten the cultural aspect of it yet. Um, I've touched on it. You know, I've been able to get on the phone with some of my former uh, bandsmen from Hampton during our percussion class, and they've talked to our students um, about the importance of, you know, planning and time management and things of that nature, because that's what it's all about, right? We're not only in band, but we're in sports. You know, we play basketball, wrestling. We got swimmers and drumline, track. So they do it all. So that time management aspect, and we take that and we talk about, okay, time management in music, making sure that your rudiments are together, making sure that you guys are in sync with one another because you guys hold it down, literally, or you hold it down. They can go all day by themselves, but that's because they have been taught that, hey, as percussion section, you need to be on point always. I see their faces when they're playing, and when the crowd gets into it, mm -hmm. like you, you can see like, I don't know if their hands go a little faster, but it's like, okay. Because, you know, last time I saw them playing, I was like, okay, y'all feeling the crowd now. And y'all know the crowd is watching you. Right. Right. So I think any artist and whatever, or athlete, whoever, anybody that does something that's a, a showmanship kind of thing, right? You feel the energy of the people watching you. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm appreciating that as well. Um, so you just continue to tell us what you need, and I'm going to make sure we get it because I want that funky sound. So in the short time you have been here, you have broken barriers and created a new sound for our band department. What response have you gotten from colleagues, community members, and most importantly, well, you already talked about our students, but let's say colleagues and community members. Sure. Um, 
from my colleagues, first and foremost, you know, I get a lot of a lot of praise for how the band sounds, and not to take anything away from uh, previous directors or previous programs, but it's just different. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. Um, I have a different experience in attending college in Hampton at Hampton University, so bringing that up here, it's it's fresh. It's it's a new perspective, if you will. Um, they'll tell you I honestly don't like to receive the praise. I I wish that they just tell the kids because I tell you guys I just show up I do what the job description says to do but they do all the work you know they really listen and they take they've done the work outside of class to be able to put on these performances you can't just wake up put on an instrument and go perform you have to work at that so the community is the same way right I get emails um, calls from people in the town whether it's family members or not and they'll say that wow we're impressed by the band you know, it's not a big band, but we're impressed by the band. They can see that they put in the work, and that's all because of them, you know? That's the support that they get from you guys, from the district, from myself, from their family members, and that, that team that we have supporting our kids. And I like that, because people are recognizing the work, right? And at the end of the day, anything you do, if you're going to excel and you're gonna be great, it's work. And um, if anyone who accomplishes anything in life, folks don't see the background, I call it, right? right? Like when I earned my PhD, not only was I very proud of myself and my family and friends, uh, my boys I grew up with, um, but you know, the part that impressed me the most, not people just clapping, but folks who saw the work I did, one was a restaurant owner in Springfield and every Wednesday I was there eating um, my red beans and rice mm -hmm. um, and reading all the books you read in a doctoral program. And so this restaurant owner, when I earned a doctorate and he celebrated me, he was like, man, I watched you all those years reading those books. He said, how many books have you read? I'm like, I have no idea, no idea. Um, he said, but I'm so proud of you. And, and like, cause he saw some of that work, right? right? People who don't see you reading at night or typing papers, right? Three in the morning, you're up and you're writing and everybody in the house snoring, sleep, whatever. Or I also think when I was finishing up the dissertation, actually doing the final writing, Every Saturday for a year and a half, I was in my home office. Mm -hmm. I go down the hall after washing up, getting my coffee, going to office early in the morning before people wake up. I would hear my family leave, and then they would come back. Some Saturdays I felt great because it was a lot accomplished, right. and then other Saturdays it was a sentence, and I was frustrated. But and my wife was like, "Just keep going, just keep going," and eventually I was done. And when I was done with it, I cried because it was work and people talk about it and they're reading it around the globe um, heavily. I got a dashboard at UMass, so I'm like, wow, people are reading what I wrote. But no one really knows all that work in the background. When you hear the band sound, um, Dr. Hill's very appreciative, but I understand you know, diligent work. And when people are like in the background, when they're in this room here that we're sitting in mm -hmm. or on the field or wherever you have them practicing or when you make them go to camp or it's early in the morning, Five in the morning, I'd be like, can I just carry the equipment? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll put it out the night before and go to sleep next to it. But right. I know in order to get something excellent, there's a whole lot of work that's done that people never see. Absolutely. There's so, a process, right. right? One of the things that I had to learn um, even in my early teaching career um, in school and in high school is that you cannot cheat the process and expect the results as if you worked for it. It's Say that. Not the same. Could you repeat that, please? Absolutely. Because I need people out there to hear that. And this, ladies and gentlemen, this covers everything in life. Please say that again. You can't cheat the process and expect the same results as if you put in the work. 
there's no shortcut to it, right? At the beginning, when I first started here last year, um, you know, parents first saw the practice schedule, right? Oh, that they never had to do this before, and I'm calling y'all out because yeah, we talked about it and we made up, but they never had the practices after school. They never had the evening practices, but that's what it takes to be able to do the things that we're doing now. We couldn't go to other schools and play. We couldn't go to a rival school and play at a football game if we didn't have these practices. This is what it takes to begin to get some trajectory going, to begin to start that process of getting to where you want to go. We've got goals. We've got objectives here. We have to adhere to the process to get there. I like what you said when they, the parents, right, and saying, like, we never had to do this before. Um, I, I deal with that with my, my leaders mm-hmm. in, in different occasions. Um, and Or we haven't done this, or you're pushing too hard. I hear from some staff. You know, not a lot, but you hear some grumblings. But the idea is that you wanted to take your band to another level, right? right? And if you're going to do something extraordinary, you can't keep doing the ordinary, right? That's why the extra is that prefix, right? Absolutely. And so in in the same vein, I want this district to be recognized for everything at the highest level. And so what we've been doing doesn't have us sitting at the highest level. So then if we are going to get to the highest level, we have to do something different. So that's what I hear in your band. That's what I appreciate. And so my last uh, question for you, because I think you led right into this, Building a legacy at work can be one of the most fulfilling things you can do in your life. What legacy do you want to leave behind at Windsor High School, Windsor Public Schools? That's a great one. Uh, Simply put, you can achieve whatever you set your mind to. I'll say it again for the people in the back. You can achieve whatever you put your mind to. When you've made up in your mind that you want to succeed at something, you're going to find every reason to do so. So often we put up these walls, right, and say, oh, we can't, I can't do it, it's too hard, let me just stop, right, before I get ahead of myself. No, keep going, keep going. So when you get into a new program, a new job, whatever it is, something that's new to you, that's foreign to you, right, you have the tendency to want to quit, to stop, because it's uncomfortable, right? So as a legacy, you want to go ahead and promote the fact that, hey, life is uncomfortable, it's not fair, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging at times. But if I can do it, you sure enough can do it. Don't quit. Push yourself to be the best version of yourself. Don't compete with anybody else. Compete with yourself. It's you versus you. So at the end of the day, when I leave here 20, 30 years from now, however long it may be, oh, Mr. Monroe used to say, you know, I'm in competition with myself. You know, the best version of me, I can control that. Push yourself to be the best. Don't give up. Don't quit. And those are life lessons that you can take anywhere. So your legacy is going to be, from what I'm hearing, is that you're, these young people are going to go off and do all kinds of things in life. Right? You Absolutely. said every profession. And so it doesn't matter what instrument they played here at Windsor High School. The lessons they learn from you is that they're competing with themselves. Set your mind to accomplish something and continue to go after it. Absolutely. And you're going to find success. I know that 54 years on this earth at this time, when I set my mind and I say this is what I'm going to do, um, I got friends that say, you never deter. They don't, they don't see you again in the back. Right. There are days where you have some doubts. But I'm like, if that's what you set your mind to do, you're going to accomplish it. So I'm glad you shared that with the community. It has truly been fun. Thank and it's been you, a blessing uh, speaking with you today. And ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for joining us for this one more episode of Chat and Chill with Super Hill. 
Sounds.com.